Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 56, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I am Jason. Santos. What's up, brother? Uh, you got What's going on? Tell me about the fire situation. Dude, it is not a fucking joke. Um, Man, I saw this video of people driving on the 405, and it looked post-apocalyptic. Dude, it looked like a disaster film. That's six miles from my house. The Getty's six miles from here, and that's where, yeah, that's where they were shooting that shit, and they, um, that's where all those videos that have been flying around were coming from. It was right by the Getty, and it was fucking gnarly, man. Like, when it first, when they first started, like, we, everybody knew. Like, they warned everybody. They're like, okay, next week, or in, the, you know, for the next, like, five days, there's going to be record, like, perfect conditions for fire. And they actually created a new, they went past a red flag warning and they created a purple warning because it's higher than they've ever fucking seen it in ever in, since they've God. been fucking burning fires in California. Right. Since the history of fire in California. Yeah, so it's just a fucking, like, it, it, you know, Santa Ana's are just a fucking, like, hairdryer blowing over the, the hill there. You know what I mean? That just fucking dries everything out and sets it on fire. You know what I mean? And... Um, and they saw that coming, you know, and they're like, all right, don't throw your fucking cigarettes out. Don't throw 90% of all these fires are are started by humans. Of course. Like what else is going to start it? You know what I mean? Fires aren't just fucking burning. Like what is just coming out of the fucking ground? Like humans are starting these fucking fires, you know, Uh, on purpose or not. You know what I mean? Um, right. And hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully not. You know, it, but I mean, history shows that people are not as scared, as scared. (laughs) <laughs> scared with the fucking <laughs> They're not scared. Uh, they're not people aren't afraid to fucking <laughs> to light a match on a, some shit. And you've heard the stories probably about fucking firefighters doing it to right? I mean everybody's heard that modern myth. Uh, or whether it's a myth or not, I don't know. But that what firefighters are doing it to justify their like bigger budgets or something like that? Well ju- I mean, you know, if if you or got the, fucking, you need some OT and like you want to get some more hours in this month. One way to do it is to go start a fucking fire so you can go put I mean, it out. Firefighters die in that thing, though, dude. Well, I mean, in those serious on. fires, like they're putting their lives in danger for sure, I mean, dude. People are fucking crazy. They come up with all sorts of shit. Come on, I, and exactly, yeah. Um, but at any rate, um, we got so we have friends in Brentwood that um. They that was they were evacuated, um, and they came and stayed here for a couple nights. Um, and I had the go bags. I mean, I got the go bags ready anyway. Um, right. But I had everything by the door, like emptied out the file cabinet. You know, anything with a social security number. And I was watching more. I wasn't. I wasn't so much afraid, like, of the fire coming and burning me. You know what I mean? And my fucking baby. I'm just. I'm. I'm worried about like being stuck on the fucking 405 trying to get to San Diego, and just every other asshole in the world around me. There was another fire um, east of that. In order to prepare, did you just put like three cases of Truly in the Mercedes (laughs) SUV? I'm on the wagon. I'm on the wagon. Seriously? Yep. I'm I doing. guess I guess you gotta fucking stay sober if you gotta flee the fire. Huh? I can't. You know, yeah. No fucking around. 
I'm doing the whole 30. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've done it. I actually, I thought it was like surprisingly um, easy. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't mean like easy in that like it was a cakewalk or whatever. I'm not trying to say that. I mean, as far as um, those sort of programs go, I found it to be um, something that I could easily work into my lifestyle, including when I was traveling for business. Agreed. Yeah. And that's the hard thing for us, right? Is when you're on the road, like you know, what do you eat? And it's easy. You just order shit that doesn't fucking have any sugar or bread or whatever. In right. It, you know, and don't drink. I mean, you can groups. almost always get like meat and a veg or meat, meat and, and a veg. salad or. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going a little bit strict, more strict. My brother, he just lost 90 pounds in six months. Jesus. And the fact that he was able, that he was ever as heavy as he was is incredible. Cause he's been like an athlete for, um, since we were kids. You know, martial arts and like a triathlete and all kinds of shit. Wow. And then I saw him at one point and I was like, oh, wow. Because I don't see him that often. He lives, He's in Rhode Island, you know? Um, yeah. And I saw him and I was like, oh, welcome to the club, brother. Like, you're yeah. fucking. <laughs> and, and he's like, I know, I know. Um, and then I didn't see him for like nine months or a year. And he was back to, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Now he's just like cut as hell? Just fucking shredded. Yeah, I'm like, what's Does he have like an, an Instagram transformation story? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does not talk about it. But j- just because he's that dude, he's just the yeah. New England dude that doesn't fucking say shit. You know what I mean? Um, but he's got, um, he sent me like the screen grab of his, he did like one of those like, Calorie counter, weight loss, fucking tracker things, or whatever. Right. And he okay. sent me it, ninety pounds in six months, and you see the thing just fucking nosedive. And, Holy shit! And I was like, All right, "Well, tell me what the fuck you did. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try that." And he's like, "Um, he said just the he's like the golden rule is under a hundred carbs a day." And for everybody, it's a little, it's going to be different, you know, but he's my brother. So we got pretty much. Right. Some similar genetics at least. Right. So our makeup's got to be, you know, pretty close. So if he's a hundred carbs a day, I'm like, all right, I'll start with that. So everything I do is under a hundred carbs a day, um, which doesn't sound like that adds another level to the thing because you can't just go and eat. Five handfuls Unlimited of kale, fruit and veg, and yeah. no fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fr- no fruit yeah. at all. Um, so you got to get some supplements going in there, like calcium and whatever, you know. So because there's no dairy, um, and yeah. um, I'm, I'm telling you, man, fuck dairy anyway. Fuck dairy, dairy anyway. is overrated, dude. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. I'll use like clarified butter or something like that. I mean, but don't get me wrong. If you want to eat dairy for pleasure. Knock yourself out. But don't think that you're doing your body any favors by eating that stuff. Zero. Zero fucking favors. You want calcium? Go fucking drink a juice. There's ten times more fucking calcium in kale juice than there is in milk. You know? Um, so, whatever. Um, doing that, um, I'm a week in. I feel good. I haven't, nice. I, haven't, I haven't weighed myself since the beginning, but I could tell I'm yeah. down a few pounds. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Good stuff. So doing that. I think I'm going to do the butcher the butcher box. Oh. That's nice. the one Isn't that the one that you that you were talking about? Oh, I do um uh I've been doing um crowd cow. 
fucking crowd cow is the one that you do. Yeah. Right, 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 right. What's this butcher box? Tell me about this. Butcher box is um, basically a um, a similar service where you can buy a. Um, it's a it's a subscription service. It's like a, a meat CSA or something. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, heritage chickens, heritage pork, grass. Nice. I like. I like this. Grass fed and grass finished beef. So you can choose to um, for one hundred and twenty nine dollars a month. You join, as you said, kind of the meat CSA, and I forget. Um, I forget the number of meals. Um, I'd, I, I should have written it down. I, I wasn't planning on really talking about it, but um, look it up because it's it, it works out to like six dollars a meal. Um, it's a it's a good deal, and sh- shipping nice. is free. Um, I like I like the sound of this. One hundred and twenty nine dollars a month um, for the regular subscription to like the CSA plan, you know. Or if you want to curate and order exactly what you want, it's one hundred and forty nine dollars a month. Which is like if you think about over the course of a month, what oh you spend God. on protein. I sp- oh, I mean, I spend geez. that. A I week. spend that in a single trip. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Will you uh, do me a favor and send me whatever? You, I'm sure you've got a referral code or something. Will, Will you do. send me an email? I'm happy to, um, yeah. You know what I finally, I've been thinking about this forever, and I finally signed up for it, is um, Daily Harvest. Oh, yeah. What's this? I don't know about this. Uh, it's the, they send you all of the sort of pre-made stuff for smoothies. So I got like huh. six smoothies a week for like 50 bucks. Um, and... You know, I know you and I both know how to make smoothies. Yeah. Like, we can make smoothies, we can buy the shit, you can blend it. Of course. That stuff. But what I've been finding is I just, with the kids and everything going on, and um, I've been going to um, CrossFit a couple times a week, and I still see Phil a couple times a week. Yeah. And when I come come back home and I shower and I get ready to go, I just don't have time to, like... Pull everything out of the freezer. Myself. Yeah, I don't have time to do all that. Get the kale out and wash it. Let alone fucking... do it for myself and do it for Helen. In the, yeah. So I, I wanted to get three of these a week for me, three for Helen. Um, and it, the shit's all ready to go. You just blend it real quick, pour it in the cup, and you go. So instead of eating oatmeal or granola and shit that I don't actually want to be eating, yep. I'm just eating it because it's there and it's fast, or I can throw it in my, the bag and take it to work. I'm just going to start eating. I'm going to try this. See how it goes. Huh. All right. Well, so. let me know. Um that's that sounds good. I Yeah, because I I was on the smoothie thing um with Jack every morning and I've I've fallen off of it out of laziness too. And I mean for fuck's sake, I mean it, it I don't know. Mornings are tough, right? You got to get out the door. 100%. So, and you're trying to pack shit in before you get before like a workout in or something before you before you leave, that it, that makes it even tighter. So, all right, cool. Let me know how that thing shakes out. Um, yeah, we'll do. So I hey, wanted. To, so uh, all right, what do you? Well, I just no, you, let me just go for you real go. quick. I just wanted to give um, uh, say hello to a to a listener um, to Bob McNally, um, who I got a great note from. He's listened to every single episode. Huge fan. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Yep. So wanted to say thanks to to Mr. McNally there back in Massachusetts, the land yeah. of the asshole. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. I'm very glad to have you as a listener. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you to all our listeners. We we really do. We 
we love having you guys there, and hopefully you're all enjoying it. And hopefully we're we're delivering and things are improving as we go. I feel like they are. <laughs> they are right. It's got it's yeah. fucking getting better. Whenever whenever somebody asks me about the podcast, I'm like, skip like the first ten. Yeah. Or so. <laughs> for sure, the first half. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. least, at least, yeah. So what's but, shaking uh, over there? So uh, there is a new Netflix documentary I wanted to sort of hip everyone to. This one is fairly hot off the presses. Um, I have to imagine this probably hit your radar, but you might not have watched it yet. Um, have you watched a new documentary called The Voyeur? I have indeed. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. What What do you think? Oh, dude, that is like <laughs> right up my fucking alley. Um, right. I know. I was think when I was started watching this thing, I heard about it, and I started watching it almost as soon as like I I I read an article or saw some news about that it had come out. I thought immediately of you and Mark H. Of course. Oh yeah. This is like exactly the kind of film that you and Mark H. and I like out on a shoot. Yes. Would be talking about. And you know what's really funny that you say that is. It just the way shit was happening. He was in France, or he was some like not even anywhere near me. And um, I was laying down watching the movie, and he texted. He's like, "You got to check out Voyeur on Netflix." I'm like, "Fucker, I'm watching it right now." <laughs> it was. It was like, it, yeah. It was. It, it, it was yeah. like shit was fucking lined up. I'm a big Gay Tilly's fan anyway. Like he, that guy is Okay, so have you read his books? I have, have not. Read, like, I've only read his articles. Okay. Um yeah. I mean, it made me the the book out of all the books that he talked about, the one that I really wanted to read was the one about the mob. Oh yeah, for sure me too. Me too. Yep, that one's now on the list. Um I I'll be checking that out for sure. I've always, he's always been like yeah, fuck! I gotta, I gotta read more of him, you know. Um, right, because I've always known about him, but um, the you know. the thing that is so fascinating about that documentary is that it has this. It's not just a normal documentary where you're like finding out, like, I mean, the story in and of itself. The story. So, for those people that don't know, this is a story that's literally decades in the making. This journalist and nonfiction writer, um, Gay Talese. Uh, has found this guy, discovered this guy based off of a book that he published that this guy heard he was publishing and said, like, came forward and said, well, I think you'd be really interested in my story. This guy who is a voyeur basically constructed his own hotel um, in Colorado with a, um, built these sort of, like, um, vents, uh, that allowed him to to see into all the rooms and he built a crawl space that only he had access to. So he could watch and he observed people in these hotel rooms without their, them knowing obviously for decades. And the story was finally coming out and he finally, this guy had retired, sold the hotel and he was finally ready to like come out and be public and have this story be made. And the whole thing has this feeling of, uh, like I, it kept reminding me of In Cold Blood. Oh yeah, I know. That's a funny. That's funny you he, say that. Yeah, because there's like a fair amount of like um, duplicity or manipulation on the part of Gay Talese and this guy, where he's stringing this guy along because he knows this is going to be an amazing story, and he's pretending to be a better friend to this guy than he actually is. Correct. That's exactly right. And he does it over the course of thirty years. 
Right. Which is almost astonishing. It's crazy because he had the, you know, he's like, the only way I'm telling your story is if I can tell the entire thing. I need to tell about you. I need to, I need to tell the whole thing. I need to have, you know, access to everything. And the, 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 you know, the guy wasn't ready to do that. He was still yep. conducting what he called his still experiments. Doing it. So he he right. ca- he called the motel his laboratory, and he kept yeah. he kept very detailed journals about like okay uh, hand job on you know eleven <laughs> seven eighty five right. um, you know heavy set woman and skinny male check in like I- extremely detailed like journals. Um, and yeah. he ty- he typed some of them out like he was like like he-, he fancied himself like this this kind of like anthropologist when really he's just up in the attic jerking off and like his wife's bringing right. him sandwiches up there and he-, right. and he and he talks about jerking off he's like how many times he- yeah. he- he's like I'd spend the whole day up there he's like I'd- how many times can you jerk off in a day like five. And I'm like, damn, dude, you're like that must have were you like even did you start this when you were like if you're if you're 55 years old and you're jerking off five times a day every day in the top of your motel, yeah, that's that's a commitment. It's fucking that's amazing. A, that's a, you're professional. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, I think he did say when he was younger he did more, and then as he got older, like yeah, it, it started to wane to two or three times a day, which still <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> The amazing thing is he found he found multiple wives yes. who were willing to support this. Yeah. And like just roll with it. And he was just straight up with them. He's like, listen, I'm a voyeur. And I have a motel and I go through the crawl space and I fucking I watch people bang. I watch fucking whatever the fuck is going on down there. So the bizarre thing about it is like and they never really touched on this in the documentary, but like, what did these women do for sexual satisfaction? His wives, you mean? Yeah. Oh. Because he's obviously not engaged with them. Yeah, they never talk about that. Well, I mean, he must be banging. I mean, you, you, you gotta, he's gotta be laying the wood to the wives. Like, you have to. Who knows, man? Yeah, who knows? People know. are fucking crazy. You never know. There's a lot of people in and out of hotel. Maybe they had a different arrangement, you know? Who fucking knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, they didn't talk about Anyways, them. This whole story is so bizarre. It's such a, it's, so, it's so well done. And, and it's one of those things that just like is with any documentary access is king. And, right. Like, and it is the uh, cinematography and the recreation of some of the shots. And they have this little sort of model of the motel that they staged some stuff with. And it is at the level of like, not quite at the same level, but it is approaching an Errol Morris or um, the guy, the people who did the jinx, um, that whole crew and their levels of sort of reproduction and stuff like that. I mean, it's well composed shots. Well done. These are, this documentary crew, it's weird because there's sort of a double documentary happening. You have the documentary of Gay Talese, who's a journalist telling the story, but then you have this documentary crew who's documenting him trying to release this story. So there's these multiple layers to the story, and things aren't even always rosy between Gay Talese and the documentary crew. There's some conflict there at times as well. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's a great layer on there about that. I, I love that about it. And you're right. Um there's like um the the execution on that thing is is fabulous and it does it it feels like they're like they were definitely tapping into some Errol Morris shit 
You can with yeah. with pacing and w- that model was fabulous. Yes. What a great device. Um and they show like for anybody like I don't know. You got to the model get lets you like cuz you can't quite picture like you're trying to picture in your head like what is how the fuck so he's in a crawl space like what exactly was it? And this this fucking model of the Mozart you're like, "Oh, that, all, right, all right, so that's where he was, and you can like right. see him sitting up there, and sweat. What it did out. the maids at this hotel think? Like, oh. if, if there was a long time maid that worked at this hotel, they must have known. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's funny that they. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They never talked about that, did they? Um, no, th- that didn't come up. That didn't come up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking killer. Um, and you know, again, with Netflix, we can never stop talking about it because, and honestly, I swear to God in the last like month, and and I feel like we say this every month, but every other day there's something new on there. There's a Netflix original, like nearly it's every 48 hours. There's something brand new in the top fucking. Well, and you, you know, there's two things on the horizon that I'm really excited about. Um, one is the next series of black mirror. Comes out December 29th. Yes. Yep. Very excited for that. Um, oh, yeah. I I haven't watched any of the trailers, and I'm not going to watch any of the sort of teaser trailer things, because I just don't want to know. I know I'm going to watch it. I don't need to watch something that gets me excited about watching it. I'm already excited. I don't want to know anything. I just want to go in. Same here. You know, right at post-Christmas, prior to New Year's, I'm going to have crushed this whole thing. Yep. Um and then the uh, so I'm really excited about that. For anyone who hasn't seen Black Mirror, you should go back and watch all of the. Uh, this will be the fourth season. There were two seasons done with the BBC, and then a Christmas special, which is sort of like, you know, season two point one. It was really good. Uh, and then there was a third season done in partnership with Netflix. That, or I shouldn't say in partnership that Netflix did. Yeah, Netflix bought the property from yep. Channel 4. Yeah. And then uh, the fourth season is now coming out through Netflix as well. And, um, you know, with a few minor, maybe minor quibbles here and there with like one or two episodes, I think it's one of those things that just gets better and better. Oh, I don't. No, the first two seasons were better than the third. Uh, oh, I think the I think there's an episode in the third that is the best episode that they've ever done. Um. Yeah, there is. The... We've, we've, yeah, the one, the very it. first episode yeah. of the third seat. No, that was in the second season with the, the, the like prime minister. That's, that was the BBC one. That's the best one. Um, no, I, I just, I disagree. What? I think the best one by far is with the, the blonde woman from Halt and Catch Fire, where you, you, the story starts off and these two women are in this like, 1980s arcade and you're trying to figure out what the fuck is even going on and they, oh yeah 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 i think that one is the best one ever oh i don't um i think there's even there's another one in there that's better than the well, the, the mean, ones with the eye with the with the eye the record so that, yeah, that's that somebody bought right. that somebody's turned that into a feature already like matt fucking damon or some shit um he'll fuck that up <laughs> Have you seen? By the way, Matt, to, have you seen the new Matt Damon concept movie? Which yeah, is what, the, like what is that? The downsizing. Uh, downsizing. Thing? Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. No. Yeah. No. Oh my God. I. It. 
Ugh. It made me actually feel bad for Matt Damon, which after he, he and fucking Ben Affleck defended Harvey Weinstein, like no one should feel bad for I was like, exactly. come on, man. Your career is at this place. You're making this. Who did fucking uh, our, our buddy from Chef con you into John, this movie? Yeah, right. John Favreau. Oh, I was going to say, you won't, say his name. Said, you won't even say his fucking name. <laughs> I tried to erase it from my memory. John Favreau came to you and said, I have this genius idea. You're not going to believe it. It's going to change film. It's called downsizing. Downsizing. Come make this piece of shit with me. <laughs> have we talked about, um, I, I, we must have. Have I, have I, have I challenged you with Elf yet? Elf is okay. It's, that's not a great movie. It's <sighs> pretty mean, fucking good, man. It's pretty fucking good. It, Probably would have been better if someone else made it. Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty fucking good. I, I'm not. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. It's a fluke in in the career of a shit heel, you know. And actually, Swingers isn't that bad either, you know. Um, that movie's not. Come on, it's, it doesn't hold up. But at the time when it came out, yeah, that movie is made worse by him acting in it. He's so fucking bad in it. I mean, he's right. so fucking bad. I mean, the character's painful anyway, but. Like he, yeah, he makes it worse. But um, when it came, it, it holds up for shit. It's terrible now. But when it right. came out, like I was like, oh yeah, like like cool. Like, I recognize myself in this, yeah, in this a little guys. bit, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah, he's all right. I'm not the only one that's all right. Um, <laughs> if, all right, we are not going off on that fucking tangent. Um, I, I want right. to. I, I do want to anyway. tell you. What do you got? What do you? Where, sorry. The, so the second thing, oh, the second yes. thing, which, which comes out in early February, that I'm really excited about is one of my favorite. This is whatever, whatever. This used to be like my go-to sci-fi recommendation when someone was like, "Yeah, I kind of like sci-fi. Um, what, what, like, what should I read?" Um, I would always recommend this book because to me it was the perfect mashup of noir detective fiction and sci-fi. It's this um, book called Altered Carbon by a yeah. British writer named Richard K. Morgan, and they're turning this into like what looks to be a killer sci-fi series for Netflix. Seriously? Yep. You've, you've recommended in, this book to me um, a yeah. few times. I haven't, I haven't it's coming out, coming out in February. Well, you're not going to read it before the, fil- the show comes out, so you're just going to watch the fucking show. I'm sure the show isn't going to be exactly like the book, but it's definitely going to be inspired by the book. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, um, well, that's and, fucking cool, man. Yeah. You must be psyched for that. I, I mean, I'm psyched in the way that, like... Or nervous. Psyched, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Psyched slash nervous to see something that you really love could be torn apart. Yeah, fucking it. You know? Yeah. You either get... Um, you know, you either get um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or you get Game of Thrones. Totally. Like, there's rarely anything in between. Yes. Um, yep. It's either like shits all over something you love and you w- just want to die. Right. It, which is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Correct. Um, or you you feel like something genuinely adds something to the conversation um, and adds a new layer and... Um, opens up something that had been niche that you love to the to the world, uh, which is Game of Thrones. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll I'll tell you um, just to wrap up Netflix because I feel like every episode we we hit on it because it's so hot. Um, it, uh, I just watched 
the um, the series Godless. Oh yeah, what did you think of that? I've seen that in the carousel. I've heard like I don't know. It seems good, or I've like heard a little bit of buzz about it. So what do you think? Oh, it's fabulous, man. It's really good, really good. Huh. Um, locations are fucking amazing. Casting is spot on. The action is great. The bad guys are really good. The bad like there there's a there's a few bad guys. There's so there's different um you've kind of got evil lurking in multiple places, which is always great and gives you like this great feeling of like and it's an especially vulnerable and I'm I'm not giving anything away by telling you this, but because it's right as soon as you like scroll through, you can see uh, in Netflix, basically, it's a it's a town of all women, um, hmm. and in you know eighteen eighteen seventy or eighteen eighty, um, if you're out in the frontier and you're a town with only women, you're a vul- that's vulnerable. You can imagine how vulnerable you would be, right? Um, yeah, for sure. So um, it's a great premise, you know. It's such a great premise. This super vulnerable little town. And all this evil begins to descend on it, and mm. um, and it's great. It's got um, I don't remember her name, but Miss um, Lady Mary from from Downton Abbey. She, okay, she plays like a hard ass like like rancher woman who's and she's fucking killer. She's really good at it. Like, mm. and she's tough as an actress. Like, I don't think she's got a lot of layers. Like, she just she kind of just does like pissed off and miffed really well um but like i don't think she can i don't know i i haven't i haven't seen her in much except for fucking downtown abbey and uh michelle dockery michelle dockery she's hot um yeah she's hot as hell and uh and she's badass with a gun in the movie which is killer and um you know, and there's a great the 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 hero is a um, it's a classic sort of archetype of a um, you know a guy who's been wrongly um, wrongly accused as being a you know I, I mean he was a bad guy but he like he was running with this super evil guy who's played by Jeff Daniels in in and hmm. in, in, it's awesome Jeff Daniels yeah. plays a Jeff super- Daniels. Yeah, he can be creepy as fuck. <laughs> oh my god! In this film, he's like, I mean, in, in this series, like, it's great because he gets like, he has these moments. He he plays this um this part of he runs a gang of thirty marauders, and um, but he's a he's a preacher. He could he he fancies himself a preacher, and he has these incredibly tender moments with people in these in these conversations that are about love and family and dedication and and then he at the last minute it it turns and he says something like it like he'll just say something and turns a whole thing around and you're like oh my god dude that's you after you said all that you're going to do that like it's fucking like he flips it all mm. the time like that and it, it re, it's a, it's a great sort of ride you know um so i highly recommend it it was i couldn't stop watching it once i started I, it was one of those i was up all night all night Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'll probably check it out this weekend. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, last thing on, let me just, one one last note on viewing um, and watching stuff, um, kind of a platform update. So people, it's it hits me because I watch 
we use Apple TVs around the house. And um, as of today, um, Amazon Prime is available as an app for Apple TV now, which yeah, people are excited about that. Is awesome. Yeah, you don't care. Doesn't doesn't personally affect me because the I'm either watching directly on a PC or I use um, I use an Xbox in one room and I use a PlayStation in another room and it's been on those for a while. So you've had it, yeah. Um, yep. but, but I know that a lot of people are really happy about that. It's so. awesome. It's great. It's great because AirPlay ends up paying the balls. It fucking breaks off all the time and you know. Right. Um, oh shit! You know what? I lie. I got one more thing about viewing. Um, well, I heard that. Um, sorry, to just to follow up on that real quick, I've heard that um, the couple of the services are going the other way. Uh, I heard that Google is pulling YouTube off of Amazon Fire TV. Really? They're gonna block YouTube searches. Like even in a browser, like they're not gonna let people go to YouTube if they're going from Amazon. Whoa, that's yep. something. Wow. Okay, so that must be as they start to what they're. I mean, you can only assume what they're doing is trying to carve out their portion of the content world with YouTube Red. Yep, is my guess. That's what that play is. Yeah, right? I would guess so. Yep. I mean, I, I guess that's wow. That's fucking major. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, it's not like anyone is giving away their content on YouTube, you know? No, they're charging. So if if they see this as like, this is the bulk of what we do, then, you know, everyone else is paying. Like, yeah, you can watch Netflix or you can watch Amazon or whatever and all these other platforms, but you've already paid a monthly fee. Exactly. For, yeah. for that stuff. So, right. Or a yearly fee in the case of Prime. But Yeah. Um, so I was going to mention... Um, for um, any listeners, you know that I'm a big fan of the, um, and it's coming up on its one year anniversary in in a few weeks here. Uh, Filmstruck, um, the TCM Criterion Channel streaming platform, um, which has, I will say, over the course of the year, has done a pretty good job of, of ironing out the kinks. It still has a little ways to go, but it is get it's there. As I assumed, um, you know, they launched it and I, and I don't mind, you know, having worked on stuff like somewhat similar ecosystems myself, I know it takes time. Like you, you put something out, it's not perfect. You make tweaks and you fix it and they've done exactly that and it's killer and they put out these great collections. Um, so they'll do like, you know, and like the, in the, uh, it's split up into sections. There's like a film struck section, then there's a, a purely criterion section and inside that criterion section they do these great sort of compendiums of like tales of revenge and this or that and then they'll do like a collection of a they'll do a director um but just popped up yesterday they got all the the godzillas um Hmm. all 14 not just godzilla but you know they got mothra they got um everything up there so they got all 16 of those up there and when Jack got home uh, from school today, I popped on Godzilla, and he just fucking went apeshit for it. The, like, nice. from 1954, which is, like, is totally kid, 
like it's funny because it in 1954 you would never fucking let a four year old watch Godzilla, but like today it's like uh, what the fuck are they you know if it's from the 50s he can fucking watch anything like and he loved it. <laughs> 